You're listening to the podcast for Asbury United Methodist Church. Join us every Sunday at 9 a.m. for small groups, 10 a.m. for worship, or anytime at asburybosier.org. Amazing how uh, the children just get up and jump up and run out. Uh, I haven't done too much of that running lately. Um, well, I'm glad to be here this morning and uh, to bring you the message. When Matt asked me some time ago about this, uh, usually he, he would leave it just to me or whomever uh, for the subject matter today. But he said, we're doing a stewardship campaign and uh, you get to do saving. And I said, thanks a lot. Uh, and uh, what can I say about saving except to do it? But uh, fortunately or unfortunately for you, I have a few words that I want to say about it today. So let's start with our scripture, a very short scripture, one verse from the book of Proverbs, the 13th chapter, the 11th verse, and uh, it reads this way, wealth hastily gotten will dwindle, but those who gather little by little will increase it. Well, we are continuing to talk about money and uh, how we use it. Uh, And uh, we're using John Wesley's three plain rules about money to earn all you can, uh, to save all you can, and to give all you can. Um, One of the the problems, and, and especially true with saving, is that uh, sometimes we get our priorities mixed up. Uh, What's really uh, important and all. One woman who um, got hers mixed up a little bit, uh, her name was Alice, and she uh, was a member of the church and had been asked along with other ladies to bake a, a cake for the ladies' bake sale at the church. And so she did, there was only one problem she waited until the last minute to bake the cake. And when the cake came out of the oven, it fell completely flat. She was, you know, like this. What am I gonna do? It was too late to bake another one. She had to get it to the church, so she started looking around the house to see what she could find something that would help her, and she found the solution in the bathroom. A roll of toilet paper. She took the toilet paper, went back to the kitchen, plunked it down, and began to cover it with beautiful, luscious icing. When she got through, it did. It looked great. It looked sumptuous, uh, uh, good to eat. And so she got her daughter, uh, uh, well, she actually rushed it to the church, and she came back home, took a deep breath, and told her daughter, gave her some money, and said, listen, As soon as the church doors open, I want you to get there, be the first in line, buy that cake back, and bring it home. Well, the daughter did, but when she got there, the cake had already been sold. Who has the cake? She was so embarrassed about the idea of it. And a couple of days later, uh, she had been invited to a, a, a festive lunch party and uh, they had a fancy meal and when they brought out the dessert, you guessed it, 
It was, the, it was the cake in question. Well, she almost slid under the table, but she got up and she was going to rush over to the hostess and confess her sins to her and everything. And about that time, one of the other ladies said, my, what a beautiful cake. And the hostess said, well, thank you. I baked it myself. Alice just sat back down and started to watch what would, what would happen next and all. Well, there's a lesson there somewhere. And, and I think it's this, that, uh, you know, we do get our priorities mixed up. And sometimes when we do, uh, the result is a sad situation. And it's true with saving money. When we get our priorities mixed up about saving, uh, it can lead us to regrets. And I wish I would have done this or that and all. And so um, just as, as we begin to look at this, I want to look back at another uh, scripture in the fifth, 25th chapter of Matthew, uh, where the, this is a story about the parable of the talents, or, or some translations call it the parable of the bags of gold. Uh, and all. Um, but uh, you remember the story, don't you? It's about the three servants. The master had gone out of town and left all his belongings in charge uh, of the three servants. And uh, they, uh, the first two uh, took the money and uh, doubled the money. The third was afraid and he buried the money in the ground. When the master came back, he commended the two that had showed the prophet, but listen to what he said to the third one who had buried the bag of gold. He said, you wicked, evil, and lazy servant. He said, you should have taken my money and given it to the bankers so that they could invest it. I don't know if there are any bankers here, but I know all bankers like that part of the parable. But uh, he went on to say, he said, said this, he said, the one who has much will be given more and the one who has little, it will be taken away from him. You see, the, the master gave the one talent to the first servant. And so we think about that. It's, it's a really harsh parable. I mean, it's stern in the way that uh, Jesus t uh, uh, tells, tells this story. But uh, it really fits right in line with Wesley's uh, idea of saving all that you can. Now, there, there are three aspects of saving that I want to highlight here today. The first one is this. One is the wisdom of saving. And the second is just doing it. And the third is remembering that you can't take it with you. So let's look at the wisdom of saving first. Uh, we all agree that it's a good idea to save, but saving oftentimes is difficult. It's hard for us to do. Uh, the um, when we think about it uh, at the end of the month, well, I just don't have enough money left over to save anything. When I was a senior in high school, uh, it's funny how things you remember, little incidental, trivial incidents in your background. Uh, when I was a senior in high school, uh, I remember having, now I made good grades in high school, okay? 
shouldn't have had any reason to worry, but there was just this constant little worry in the background. Will I be able to pass or make good grades in college? And then Bill Bagwell, who was a year ahead of me, went to Louisiana Tech on a football scholarship. And uh, he came back after the first semester. And, and by the way, Bill Bagwell, in my opinion, was not as smart as me. But Bill came back and I found out that he passed everything and did just fine. I can't tell you the relief that I had because in my mind I said, if Bill Bagwell can do it, I know I can do it. Well, um, there's, you know, uh, that might make you appreciate this next person that I'm going to talk about. Her name is Osceola McCarty. How many of you ever heard of Osceola? I, I no, there's no one in here has, I'm sure. Uh, but she uh, was born in 1908 in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Her mother was a cook, and uh, Osceola was a student at Eureka Elementary School. And about along about the fourth grade, Osceola's mother began to teach her how to save. And she began, Osceola began to uh, take in ironing. And uh, the little bit of money that she made with that, she began to deposit in the Mississippi National Bank. Now, uh, by the sixth grade, Osceola had to drop out of school to take care of an elderly aunt. Never went back. She never got married. She never had children. She never owned a car. She walked everywhere she went. People, friends would take her to, in their cars to church and all. But uh, a strange thing about this lady, um, probably as you don't, never heard of her, no one except maybe her family, church family, uh, and uh, those people who she washed and ironed for, for 74 years. At that time, what people remember about her is that she established a scholarship at the University of Southern Mississippi for $150,000. In today's money, that's $400,000. It was a school that most of her life she wouldn't have been able to get into had she, uh, uh, had she tried to enroll in, in college and all. Um, but you know, her, her, you know, somebody asked her, how'd you do this? And, and her words in general were, uh, well, uh, I did what I could do. You know, it's no big deal. Uh, I just did it little by little. And uh, I wish I could do more. That was Osceola McCarty. She was practicing without probably realizing it, Proverbs 13, 11 that wisdom gained hastily will dwindle, but those who do it little by little will increase it. And so that's Osceola, you know, the wisdom of save, saving. And it is a wise thing to save. But the second thing I want to point, uh, mention to you here today is that even though it's a good idea, you know, we have to be reminded sometime to, as the commercial says, to just do it. 
to, to face the situation, to uh, uh, realize that it can be done. Um, the, uh, when we think about this, uh, committing to anything, especially something like savings, you have to have a plan. You know, you can't say, well, I'm going to save, and then what does that mean? One plan I like is a 10-10-80 plan. It's 10% for God, 10% for your future, and 80% for your life, live joyously and graciously. Uh, the, uh, it's, it's, it's a great way to do it, and it's, 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 what, it's the one that, that I, like, I like best. Uh, there's an example of this, someone just, just doing it, uh, a little league baseball player. You got the picture? Uh, eight years old. He's going to play on his first little league team, and he's excited. He can't wait. Uh, he's already got his cap. And it's too big for him, and it pulls down. If it weren't for his ears, it would be all over his head. You, uh, he already has his glove, and every day he stands in front of the mirror, you know, pounding his fist into that glove and all. And uh, he says to his mother, uh, Mom, uh, when's practice? Next Tuesday afternoon, Jimmy. Good. Okay. I better call Coach. Uh, coach. When's practice? Tuesday afternoon, Jimmy, five o'clock. Okay, you can count on me. I'll be there, coach. Well, this goes on day after day. He is uh, wearing his cap everywhere, including to sleep at night. He, he has his glove with him constantly, pounding his fist into it, and all asking his mother, Mom, when's practice now? And she will tell him, I better call coach. He is wearing them, as my daddy would say, uh, slap out. Uh, just wearing them into the ground over this. Finally, Tuesday comes and it begins to sprinkle. By 3.30, it's raining hard. By 4.30, it's what some people might call a gully washer. I mean, it's just flooding the entire area. And Jimmy's mother is doing some chores there in the house. And, and she said, Jimmy, I'm so sorry. Uh, you know, she has her head down that, that you can't practice today. Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy's already out the door. He's on his bicycle. He's got his cap pulled down over his head. The glove is on the handlebars of his bicycle. And he's driving in the pounding, driving rainstorm on his way to practice at the, uh, which were being held on the school grounds. Well, the coach lived right across the street from the school and he looked out seeing the rain, knowing they couldn't practice, but then he saw something. There was a little boy standing at home plate, knee deep in water and mud. And he said to his wife, there's some crazy kid out there I better go get him, rescue him. And so he puts on his boots and his raincoat and, and almost has to swim out to where Jimmy is. And he said, Jimmy, what are you doing? You know, you, you, obviously we can't practice in this rain. And, he, and Jimmy said, looks up at him and says, I told you I'd be here, coach. I told you you could count on me. I promised. 
I promised. And I don't know where Jimmy is today, but I hope he hasn't watered down his commitments. I hope he hasn't said, you know, well, I'll do it, but then doesn't do it. And I think, you know, Jimmy would say to us, if, if he were sitting here with us today, he would say to you, you know, just do it. You know, you can do it. I did it. You did it. You can do it. And so uh, that was Jimmy. Now, uh, let me, along with that, give you uh, what I think, you know, I said you need a plan. Well, we've got 10, 10, 80. Let me break that down a little more. Let me give you some suggestions here. And somebody will say, well, now you're starting to step on my toes here. But some, some specific things that you can do. The first is to face the facts. Be ruthless in looking at the amount of money that you have coming in and also what you're spending it on. I think when we do that, oftentimes we find we're surprised at how much money I'm spending on cups of coffee or, or other, other things, as important as a cup of coffee might be to us. Uh, and so face the facts. The second thing is to learn from others. Don't depend upon your own self, especially if you're like me and that's not your area of expertise. Get some help from someone who's financially trained to do this. And then another thing is uh, to simplify. Uh, to check out, okay, what's essential that I have and what's not essential that I have. One woman that I know of, listen to this, she decided to remove 1,000 things from her home. Now, granted, a lot of those were little things, but things that she didn't consider essential anymore. She said it was difficult at first to sort it all out and everything, uh, but she found, she said it was transformational. And she said, I began to, uh, when I can compare to what I used to have to what I have now, it made me realize what was really important and all. And how about this fourth one? Do plastic surgery. You have any credit cards? Uh, we all do. Uh, and, and we use them for convenience and almost a necessity in some cases and all. But here's a thought for you. If you cannot pay off the whole balance of your credit card at the end of the month, either cut them up or leave, take your credit card out of your purse or your wallet and leave it at home so that you're not tempted to use it. And how about this one? Break the addiction of being a shopaholic. Any of those in here? Uh, don't do shopping for entertainment. Uh, I'm seeing some smiles. Um, Know what you want to buy before you go to the mall and go buy it and get the heck out of the mall 
before you wind up with a basket full of unnecessary items. And then the last one is to invest for your future. Invest for your future. In other words, don't think of the money that you're saving as money you don't have available to you. Think, it as mo- think of it as money that's growing for you. And that leads me to the third and the final one here is we've got wisdom of saving and just doing and making up your mind to do it is the idea that you cannot take it with you. Here's the question of the day. Have you ever seen a hearse pulling a trailer? I haven't. Now what does that say? What does that say? That we can't take it with us. You know, all that we gather, all that we accumulate, we can't take it with us. John Ortberg tells the story about how his grandmother taught him how to play the game of Monopoly. And she taught him well, but he never could beat her because she was pretty good at the game herself. But as he got older and more experienced, finally one day he, he beat her. He won the game. And he was kind of sticking his chest out and saying, now look what I did, and uh, just relishing his victory. And uh, as the grandmother was putting the houses and the hotels and the property and the money back into the Monopoly box to put it up, she said, just remember, at the end of the day, or in this case, at the end of the game, it all goes back in the box. It all goes back in the box. However you slice it, you and I cannot take all that we accumulate with us at the end of our lives. We just can't do it. Now, I've never seen an angel in person. Well, let me say this. I have seen a few angels in person among you, some of you in this congregation. But I've never seen a heavenly angel is what I was trying to say. And it seems to me that angels don't have pockets. And hearses don't have a U-Haul trailer behind them. We just can't take it with us. Luke twelve twenty says, Jesus says it well. He says, you fool, tonight you will die. Who is going to get all these things that you've worked for? You can't take it with you. A man that, that I read about had three children and they were all going to be heirs to his property. And as he got older and they were adults and all, he called them in and said, uh, now you do have, you know, you're going to inherit uh, all of the things. But I want to tell you this, there's going to be a fourth heir who's going to get an equal share to each one of you. And that's your church. Or in this case, that's my church. He said, and some other missions, missional uh, agencies that he supported throughout his life. What he was saying is, I want to bear witness to my faith, not only here on earth while I'm alive, but after I'm gone. And that was his way of saying that. So three things, but 
Can I just say this uh, about savings? Uh, it's not, don't make saving. It's not just a matter of accumulating wealth. Uh, just for the sake of saving, just for the sake of seeing how much money I can uh, put together and all. You might surprise you to know that the Bible speaks very little about giving money to the church. It talks about giving money for the purpose of saving souls in the church and outside the church. Now that's an interesting distinction. But the point is there's a spiritual aspect to your giving, to your saving, to your earning. And when we grasp that spiritual significance of that, then our attitude, our perspective, our outlook changes because we're no longer doing it for ourselves so much. We're doing it to enhance the kingdom of God right here on this earth as it is in heaven. So I hope you'll keep that, that in mind. Uh, one final thing to say is that there's a man by the name of uh, Charles Francis Adams who was a politician, a diplomat uh, back a uh, uh, hundred years or so ago. And uh, he wrote in his diary one day, uh, went fishing with my son today, a wasted day. His son, who also kept a diary, and by the way, the son's diary is still in existence today, wrote in his, went fishing with my dad today, the most wonderful day of my life. One thought it was a waste. One thought it was an investment in time. You know, when we begin to see, just see our, our saving and, and giving and earning as an investment in something more than just ourselves, but something that has spiritual significance, then, you know, when we can tell that, that's when we'll be able to tell the difference between wasting and investing. We'll be able to say that we're gonna leave and we are leaving or we have left a legacy that will never fade. Yes, there's wisdom in saving. Nope, can't take it with you. So, just do it. In the name of God the Father, just do it. In the name of his son Jesus, just do it. In the name of his Holy Spirit, just do it. Amen.